Well, hello there, ladies and gents. Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have special guest Adam from Million Pound Mission on. This is the second or third time I've had him on the show, and he's just a good friend of mine now. We, we've interacted several times, both at the conferences, face-to-face, on air, on podcast. I've been on his show several times. It's just a friendship at this point. Him, myself, Danny Vega, three musketeers we got going on here. Anyways... He gets me laughing. He always gets me laughing hysterically on this podcast, and today's episode is no different, so look forward and hopefully enjoy that. But we also talked about some deep, thought-provoking mindset stuff. I didn't really expect the podcast to go that way, but I'm glad it did because I am all the better for it. So sit back, relax, enjoy the conversation, benefit from the discussion with Adam, laugh a little bit or a lot. Here we go. We are live. Adam, how are you, man? I am wonderful, Mr. Sykes, a.k.a. Bobby Bricks. I'm really pushing that, so hopefully you enjoy the nickname that I've given you. You think it's going to uh, stick? Hashtag Bobby Bricks. Bobby Bricks. Bobby Bobby Bricks. Bricks. If, if you put out, I'm telling you, you put out like an R&B hip-hop album, Bobby Bricks. Bobby Bricks. You know, it's uh, it's funny because we were totally dying hysterically before I hit the record button, and now I'm trying to avoid just randomly breaking out into laughter as we've just started this podcast. Um, so... Let's uh, let's give a little intro into you, man. Let's do something that I can keep a hopefully keep a straight face on. We we did a podcast. Do you remember how long ago that was that we recorded the first podcast with you, dude? It's I mean I talked to you on episode ninety of Million Pound Mission, and now I'm at almost three hundred and fifty something, and so that was two years ago. And then I came on your show shortly thereafter. So it's it's been almost two years since I first uh, was with the the Keto Savage crew here. That's crazy, man. So anybody that wow. hadn't heard that episode definitely needs to go back into the the memory of Banks and, and check it out. But uh, I'm excited to have you back on because I think our friendship has grown a lot since then. Like when we recorded the first time, it's just like we, we knew of each other. We knew that we liked each other, but we didn't really have any quality time with one another. So we didn't really have much to talk about from a contextual standpoint, whereas now we probably have too much to talk about. Yeah. I mean, originally I just sent you a note that said, Circle yes or no, will you go to podcast prom with me? And you said yes. So that's yeah. that's how it kicked off. Yeah. And then we've been we've been dating ever since. <laughs> hey, now okay. Let's let's do a quiz. Who introduced us? Who first introduced us? I know there's no way you're gonna get this. Ooh, this is a this is a tough one. Um I could probably think about it and figure it out, but I definitely could not answer that on the spot. So who was it? So you were on a show called the High Energy Girl podcast with tracy gluhite she's yep. a keto yep. gal and i heard it and i was like yo tracy you gotta introduce me and she did so that's that's how i met you well yeah i would never have guessed it on the spot so that's shout out to tracy tracy thank you and we, we've been we've been rocking and rolling man like we had that uh you had your event which was in october yeah uh, and then i was out there for that we went hunting for three was it three days straight i think yeah, three or four days. We had one rain out day, so that that didn't count. But yeah, you, you and uh, Mr. Vega were out here, and we we hit the field four days in a row, and uh, that was awesome, man. Like I really enjoyed having you guys both up here and just being able to kind of chill out, get out in the woods, do our our fantastic hunting trip, but also connect. We did some like little business mini mastermind sessions and just compare notes, compare ideas, and just have that brotherhood and that that's something honestly like i missed out on growing up i played team sports and, and things like that but i grew up you know, you know i never had any brothers of my own or anything like that so now like later in life now that i'm approaching my my 40th year that's something i'm really locking in on like i need that tribe of, of dudes that I'm, I'm close with that i can kind of share ideas with and and ask for help with when i need help and things like that so you're a part of that tribe, whether you like it or not, Mr. Bobby Bricks. Hey, I, I like it, man. You got to be honest with me, though. By the end of that stay, because we had, we had both Danny and I crashed at your place. I was sleeping in your daughter's room, little pink bedroom, and uh, <laughs> Danny had your son's room. So, like, your 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 kids are misplaced. Your wife's probably sick of seeing our faces. We're just, like, gross guys cooking up a storm in her house all the time, smoking everything, grease everywhere in the kitchen. Like, you had to have been getting tired of us by the end of that. I mean, be honest now, dude, I, I was sad when I had to drive you to the airport 
um it was it was just fun and my wife even noticed she's like you really enjoyed that and i was like yeah i like having people that you know being in the podcast space being in the fitness space like we are it's hard to find people to that really relate with how we operate and our interest level and, and what we do so it was just so cool to be able to have those conversations for four straight days like you you were almost there for a whole week if you count my event and, and everything so um it was awesome now our water bill was a lot higher because uh, one, this, it, this, this is this is inside baseball, um, and we're not talking about you know hour long showers. Both Robert and Danny flush the toilet more often than <laughs> any people I've ever met in my life. Like, and I and I I do take some blame because I cooked my famous uh, uh, stew that it's it's a keto stew, and Robert named it the double dump stew. Uh, but it's a, a, crock pot, a crock pot recipe that involved like a pound of bacon, a pound of beef, uh, had some cabbage in there. Yeah, I think I you get the blame bone, for that extra toilet bone broth. <laughs> and I just noticed like, I'm like Robert's like, I got to go and hit the hit the John. I'm like, all right, cool. And then I just hear flush. I'm like, all right, he's done. And I'm like, no, nope, he's not done. He's still in <laughs> flush. Maybe he's done now. Flush. And I feel like every every time he would make a deposit, boom, he hits the the, the flusher again. And I totally get it. Like I've been that guy that has clogged up the toilet when I'm at someone else's house. And it's probably the worst possible scenario ever. Cause then it's like, like the first time, okay, this is a great story. I'm at my in-laws. I've never met them before. First time ever meeting them. We're staying at their house. I clogged their toilet and it is up to the, like the lip. Like I'm like, <laughs> it's going to overflow for sure. And, um, I can't find the plunger anywhere. I'm running around. I'm just trying to sneak around their house, trying to find something to unclog this toilet because I do not want to be the dude that's like, yo, I know we just met, but there's like poop water up to the lip of your toilet in there. And we're about ready to have a serious problem. So I end up finding a coat hanger and I just jam it down in there. And I try to re release the Kraken with, the, with this uh, with this coat hanger. And to this day, I don't think they ever found it. I just disposed of the coat hanger. I snuck outside and I just like threw it in the neighbor's bushes. And um, hopefully they didn't touch it with their hands, but they probably did. Uh, so that, uh, yeah, I, I've been there. That, that's what I'm trying to say is it's, it can be an uncomfortable situation, but, you know, we all we all survived it. And overall, it was a, a, an amazing adventure while you guys were up here. You know, for anybody that's listening to my podcast for the very first time, and this is your your first first five <laughs> minutes into an episode and you're trying to figure <laughs> out your, your macronutrient ratio and this is the kind of content you're getting, I forever am sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I apologize as well, but you know, we could have analyzed Robert's macro profile through his, his deposits he was making, and you know, making that full you. circle, man. You make this thing healthy, full circle, healthy, um, healthy. <laughs> I, I, this is actually a pretty good segue, man, because we we have a pretty different background. You know, you look at Danny, me, and and you, and we're we're all collectively very different individuals. But I feel like we're in an interesting time right now with this whole covid isolation you know quarantine situation that speaking of having a tribe a brotherhood some camaraderie is like that's the kind of conversation that we need to be having right now so let's just dive into that as a topic man let's make that the focus yeah i mean i 100 percent agree with you and it's weird as a podcaster i've come to really appreciate the opportunities just to talk to other human beings because it's so awkward and weird out there right now like i go i go to uh like aldi to go you know get my my grocery shopping or go to kroger and i've got i literally i have my turkey hunting outfit on like i've got my my, my camo mask pulled up to my eyeballs and everything and like people don't want to even look at you they don't want to lock eyes with you anymore because they're afraid like it'll get get you know they'll get covid from looking at you in your eyeballs i guess and it's just so awkward. But every time I get a chance to talk to somebody, I just feel grateful for that now. And, and having that tribe of people that you know that you can count on. And I feel like if there's one good thing that comes out of this, that human connection element is going to be so up-leveled. And hopefully all the awkwardness you know dissipates quickly. But I think people will really learn to appreciate that connection that we all have as, as human beings and be able to look at each other, high five and, and you know, give somebody a, a dang hug. And I think that, uh, yeah, that that's an important conversation to be having right now. Totally agree, man. Like it, it is really weird. People, like I go for a run every morning and like people on the trail, 
get off the trail when they see me coming. It's like they got to stand 20 feet away, not 6 feet, but 20 feet. And they won't even look up and smile at me. It's like it's just just weird war zone right now, and people don't know how to act. Like, honestly, if I'm being completely frank with you, I wanted to have you on the podcast uh, because I had pre-recorded several podcast episodes, and I'm just now recording again because I've reached the end of my my memory or my uh, podcast edited, you know, food bank basically. Um, <laughs> so I, I've recognized that these like these these recent podcasts that I recorded, like I'm rusty, man. Like, I don't know how to have a fluent conversation and really just do that that verbal judo that I used to be really good at. And it's because I'm rusty because we've been like in this isolation mode for so long. We haven't had to interact one on one. So I figured you'd be a great way to uh, break break my verbal judo ice, so to speak. Yeah, I'm like your podcasting training wheels. Uh, thanks, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, and I have to clear something up. You, you talk about running and people getting out of the way. What people don't know is they are getting actually getting out of the way because when you go running, all you wear is, is your uh, your mask, your posing trunks, and your army boots. So that's probably why they were <laughs> avoiding you. Um, yeah, I knew I was going to be it, laughing on this podcast. So I think <laughs> that was the best way to break the ice. <laughs> <laughs> Laughter, it always works. It does. Uh, it does. But no, no man, that, that's wouldn't... something. Uh, well, I, I want to pay you a compliment real quick because that's something I've noticed. You know, I, I listen to your show. I'm a fan of you. I, you know, I listen to Danny's stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of the audio experience and how you guys are progressing and delivering your messages. And I'm like that nerdy guy that's that's your friend when you guys speak on stage and I take notes I'm like oh you did this but you walked around too much or this or that and so you can always count on me for that that like annoying advice hey it's good that makes you better but that's you've gotten so much better uh as a speaker as a, a deliverer of an audio message and as an interviewer so I think I don't think you need training wheels Robert I think you're you're good to go but I just want to pay you that compliment and I'm sure for everybody that's been listening to Keto Savage as long as I have like they're noticing it too I appreciate that, man. I've I've thought of, I haven't listened to any of my first episodes in quite some time, and I, if anyone like starts listening to the the oldest episode first, it probably won't make it to the first five. Maybe they will. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I feel like keeping those up and and live and active is good because same same reason I've got all my old YouTube videos. Like when you go back and you watch my first YouTube videos, it's like, man, who is this guy? Like he's a total noob, doesn't know how to hold a camera. The audio video quality sucks, but I think having that there is so important because then you know both me personally and, and other people that follow me they can go back and see where I started because so many people are compelled to start something whether it be a YouTube channel or a podcast but they, they compare themselves to others that have been in the game for a while and they're like oh I can never do that one of my favorite things to do is to like find somebody that I really really admire and look up to and then scroll way back and find some of their first pieces of content and just watch that because it's like wow they they were nothing. I could do that, you know, and then look at where they're at now. <laughs> and not that I'm like some great spot now, but being able to, you know, look back to where you first started, I think is so huge. Yeah, you're a perfect example of somebody that's putting in the work, like you're grinding every single day, you're chipping away, you're swinging the axe, and you can see the progress right there. One of my favorite speakers is a guy named Brendan Burchard, and he's a big motivational speaker, personal development guru guy. And his original videos that he put out are hilarious. Like, and we're talking a decade ago now. He, you could tell that he was had his like his like flip camera set up, mm-hmm. and he, you could tell that he was hitting the play button and then running around to where he was to like where he was going to speak. So yeah. he would be like standing behind it, hit the play, hit the record button, and he's running into place. And I'm like, that is awesome. If that guy can start that way, I can start a podcast or I can start a YouTube channel or or whatever. So. Uh, I, I totally agree with what you said there, you know, looking back in the, uh, the annals of the, uh, the history of whoever it is that you're looking up to, and you can see that they started in, in a very relatable position that we can kind of go, okay, that gives me some confidence. Totally, man. I mean, like I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee and a lot of his, like he, he's pulled a bunch of his content. Um, like he'll show some of his first piece of content when he's doing that wine library. I'm sure you've seen the clip. Oh yeah. Like the first episode of wine library TV. And it's like this super pixelated video camera, like the audio sucks and like he, he just looks like a goofball. And it's like, look at where he's at now. And I feel like there's so many instances of that. And it goes, it transcends just content creation. I mean, look, you can talk about, you know, your composition, like your body composition. You can talk about your health journey. 
you talk about your relationship, like it applies to everything. Yeah, I think the real key is like if you have a message burning inside of you and it's like burning at an annoying rate, like it annoys you when you aren't able to release that information, it doesn't matter where you start. You just have to start getting it out there and people will pick up on your energy. So whether you're starting an Instagram account, a podcast, a blog, a YouTube channel, if you have a unique message to teach, and I know Robert, you feel that way about your message. I definitely feel that way about my message. Um, like it, you just have to get it out there and keep getting it out there and you'll perfect the delivery. Uh, well, I just had a highlight today where I got to do the, uh, you know, the whole keto con got delayed until next year, but they're doing the online presentations. And I just got to do my online presentation today. Got great feedback from our friend Robin. And, uh, she's like, that was, that was amazing. And I'm, that's just, that's, me being able to put my message out there to an audience that I know will soak it up and really enjoy it. And that's the ultimate high for somebody like you and I. I like it, man. I like it. Speaking of events, you get me a little flash of anxiety run through me because I have not yet made my presentation for KetoCon and I have to record mine next week. So oh. can you give me some pointers? Like, is there something I should know? <laughs> Send Robin Keto Bricks pre pre-presentation uh, get her all hopped up on the, on the bricks. That's uh, right. but, but no, man, like it's, it's weird because I created my presentation for a live audience and then you're there and it's just you and Robin. Uh, if you guys don't know Robin Switzer, she's amazing. She's she like is. the, the bomb behind KetoCon. Uh, so um, she's there. And so you have somebody to look at, but you have to remember to introduce yourself because normally there's like a person kicking you an introduction. So you have to, you know, most people know who the keto savage is because if you guys have never been to KetoCon, it is hilarious because him and Danny get mobbed. Like I wanted to, I wanted to stick like one of my earbuds in my ear and pretend like I was one of those security guards. Like, no, uh, Mr. Sykes will not be doing autographs right now. Sorry. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. I can walk around freely. I actually hired some people to mob me to see if I would start a mobbing and it didn't even work. So, um, that was an epic fail, but the, uh, you know, the, the crowd there is something I was really looking to, to feed off of. So it's a little bit different, but uh, you know, you, when Robert gets on stage, he delivers a message that is high impact, but also it's highly implementable. And uh, that's, that's a takeaway that I've always had from when you get up there. So uh, just do your thing, man, wear, wear your, uh, your game day collared shirt. You know, he's, he's got, he's got a uniform that he puts on up there. And, and uh, you know, what's that, that, that uniform is on. It's game time, bro. It is game time, man. It is. Well, I'm excited to see your your presentation. What, what did you speak on? I talked about the seven necessary steps for long-term weight loss success. So I, I told Robin I wanted to deliver a message that could be applied to any fitness goal, to any uh, nutrition protocol, to any uh, fitness uh, workout protocol. It didn't matter if they were CrossFit, yoga, you know, bodybuilding or keto weight watchers, high carb, low carb, that they could take these seven things and that would be like insurance for the transformation success. So uh, I'm very happy with the way it turned out. It's funny because I was thinking of titling mine, the seven steps to savagery. So <laughs> it would be right, right there. Direct competition with you, man. Yes. The, the seven sensual savage steps to, to secret success. From Mr. Sykes. There we go. <laughs> There's a lot of S's, man. A lot of S's. <laughs> um, I want to talk about you. Like, I feel like the the whole COVID thing, at least for me, has has forced me to become incredibly reflective. It was weird because this really reached its peak, I think, when I was at the depth of my contest prep. So I was I already had my blinders on. I, I didn't really dive into the social media scene. I've been kind of AWOL from like a social media standpoint during this whole virus uh, crisis. Um, but because I was in the middle of my contest prep, like it, like I was already in a reflective state, and that just became amplified due to the virus because we weren't having the distractions that we normally have with, you know, the, the conferences, the social gatherings, the people face-to-face, et cetera, et cetera. So with you, like you, you're not, you're not, um, you just have a very diverse background. Like you, you've done in-coaching training, uh, you're like a comedian. You've done, you know, the podcasting thing for quite some time. Now you got over 300 episodes. I'm curious as to has this had an effect on you, similar to 
mean that it's forced you to become more inward thinking and reflective and really dive deep into your why and what is your why? That's a super well, deep question, but <laughs> you want to run with it? Yeah, you just asked me 17 questions in one, so that's that's uh, the training wheels are off, Robert. You you are in full podcast flow mode now. Perfect. Uh, so I, I think that you and I, like you said, we have a lot of differences that we bring to the table, but I think some of our a couple of our similarities are that we are very reflective people, and we're both willing to go against the grain and make decisions that aren't in line with the herd mentality. Mm-hmm. And something that uh, I actually had talked about the last time I was on your show was I was, you know, putting my gym up for sale and kind of going for a life transition. Well, that happened in December. So I sold the gym and I was already in this mindset of like, I've done this gym thing for a decade. That's a long time. And I'm big on when you cross off a life goal, you, you acknowledge it and you own it and you celebrate that and, and you be happy and proud of that instead of just going to the next goal you're driving towards. I feel like that's a mistake a lot of people make out there. So I was like, all right, I've done this thing. I've impacted a hell of a lot of people in a positive way. And now I'm I'm transitioning to the next phase. Not sure what that's going to look like. So that put me in kind of a a reflective state, but I knew that I'd worked so daggone hard just to earn that dollar. And uh, I live a minimalist lifestyle. I'm very frugal. I'm very into that whole frugality mindset. And I was like, all right, uh, I started calling it at first. I was like, I'm gonna take a sabbatical, but then I called it a financial detox. So my goal was to do this financial detox for the first six months of 2020, where I was not gonna, you know, as an entrepreneur, like I pay myself and I was gonna just go, okay, I'm not gonna pay myself a paycheck for the next six months. For the first six months of the new year, I'm not paying myself because I want to just loosen my, my, my grip on that almighty dollar and just see what happens in my world. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how, how are my relationships impacted? How am I focusing? And I was still going to do my, my podcast. And I was doing things, but I wasn't actively pursuing the dollar. Like I got to create a thing to make some money. Now I got to really promo my coaching to make some money. Now I didn't, I just put the pause button on that. I had enough to live off of. And like I said, we live a very frugal minimalist lifestyle. And I'm proud of the fact that you know, our family budget each month is a, is just a shade under 2000 bucks. We don't have a mortgage. I've paid off the house. We don't have car payments. I, I shop very frugally. So I made some money off the gym sale. And I'm like, I'm good for a while. And then what was awesome was I got a, uh, a $10,000 tax refund from uh, the tax man. So I was like, there's another five months of, you know, our regular expenses that I can just sit on and just, you know, be a dad and be mm-hmm. a friend and be pursue passions and spend my time how I want to spend it. So I've been enjoying the hell out of this. So it's kind of weird that the whole world has been put on pause uh, for the last several months. And a lot of parents are realizing like, wow, I, I, I do enjoy investing time in my health. I do enjoy teaching my kids things, interacting with them more and spending 10 times more time with my kids than I do on my work. And it's kind of having that inverse relationship, but that was kind of my game plan going into the year anyway. So it's been, um, it's been really enlightening and, and it's been unique because I know in my life, I'll never again have the opportunity to not really work, not worry about money and then have my, my nine-year-old son and my five-year-old daughter and just be there for them and kind of just focusing on that solely for a, uh, this huge block of time. So I'm really just in the moment. I mean, I'm present. A lot of people don't understand why the hell I'm doing this, but I'm like, this is an opportunity that I'll probably never have again, especially with young kids. You know, I've got goals to retire early and be financially independent early on in my life, but, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be teenagers. They'll be grown up by then. So I'm taking full advantage of this. And that's, uh, I don't know if that fully, answered your question, but that's, that's where my why is right now. And and again, it's something just a little bit off center from where a lot of people think. No, I love it, man. It's harder for me to relate because I don't have kids, but I can imagine myself in a position in which I do have kids and I can totally respect and get behind that because I mean, those years with them are fleeting. Like they don't last forever. You only get them once. So I, I mean, when you, look at this from a high level view 
this is like the perfect stage to do just what you've done. So I feel like that's a total worthwhile use of your time. Yeah. And I couldn't not take advantage of it. And you, I mean, you've met my wife, you've met my kids. They're, they're awesome. And I'm big on the value of, of life experiences. And that's why having you guys up here, when, when you and Danny were up here, like I was just soaking that up. I'm like, this is a life experience you could put a poll out with your audience and a hundred percent of them be like, yeah, I would love to go hunting in the woods with Robert for four days. That would be amazing. I would love to have Robert come and stay at my house and I could see how he cooks and things like that. Although you, you and Danny almost set my kitchen on fire. Like the, the <laughs> like we had, four times <laughs> we had, we had smoke. Uh, cause I don't have a grill. I, I don't know. I'm not, I guess you can take away my man card. I don't have a grill. So we're, you know, pan heating up, uh, all the meat and, uh, yeah, we got, got, got a little smoky in there, but people would from your audience would kill for that experience. So uh, I really, I feel like the last year, especially I've gotten good at sitting in the moment and just going, okay. Like when we were out in Nebraska, the keto summit Omaha, I knew I was around some awesome people. I would just sit in it and be like, man, this is great. How do I, how do I maximize this? And I, I used to really suck at that. I used to always be like, what's, you know, I'd have five different things going on in my mind. I wouldn't be present. I wouldn't be in the moment. And uh, that's something that I feel like uh, if we're all taking some time to slow down during this pandemic and quarantine situation, get better at being in the moment. And when you do get an opportunity that's special, like just be there and focus on that and soak it up and think about how to maximize that and get value out of that. And I think that's uh, an important lesson that we can all take away right now. So I've got a question that's going to seem like a totally unrelated question, but I'm going to bring it back around. But do you consider yourself a type A personality or type B? I'm a go-getter for sure. I mean, I think, yeah, I think I'm a, I'm a type A, but I'm aware that uh, there are more, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, like you, there's, I don't have to be locked into that. You know, I don't, a lot of people get it. They take these personality quizzes and they take it as gospel. Like this is who I am. And now I must operate in a, in a line with this. And, uh, I, you know, I, I look at that. I can lean on that and be like, yeah, I see, I see how I trend in that direction, but I'm not afraid to call some audibles. I like it. I like it. Cause you're very, you know, business minded and driven and, and a go getter, but at the same time, like you're very creative and you portray yourself as like laid back a lot of the time which is good. Um, so I didn't know what you identified most with because I didn't know. Um, but I, I feel like I feel like people say it sometimes about me too. They think that I'm laid back and I'm like, I've got World War Three going on in my head at all times. How can you possibly <laughs> think I'm laid back? Um, but to bring that full circle, you know, most times in my life when I've had the opportunity to be present and just be in the moment, it's, it's very hard for me to do that. Like, it's hard for me to do that. I think finding stoicism as a, as a mindset and then, you know, when I'm in a contest prep, I can really kind of be become reflective because I don't have the energy not to be really. Um, but it's interesting to be alone in your thoughts. And I'm always curious to see where people's thoughts take them when they do have that opportunity. So hearing you say these things and getting insight into you, I mean, this... This conversation tells me more about who you are as a person than, than just you know the the superficial bullshit conversations that most people have day to day. Yeah, and and you know that we have those types of conversations all the time on podcasts, unfortunately. And it's nice to be able to uh, to connect with somebody. And like I said, we've 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 uh, had quite a few podcasting dances uh, in, in our day and over the last couple of years. And it's you know. I feel like having the word authentic gets tossed around a lot, but being able to have authentic conversations right now and the world is shook up, you know, the world is shook up and it's different and people are stressed, but you know, maybe it's like scar tissue, you know, it's like when we, when we work out our, our, and do a really hard leg day, we're breaking down the muscle a little bit, but it comes back stronger. And that's as a society, I feel like we're kind of going through that right now. And hopefully uh, we take the lessons learned and say, all right, we're going to come back a little bit more authentic, a little bit more mindful, a little bit more present, uh, a little bit more aware that, yeah, we do need to invest time in our in ourselves, in our family, in our health, in our relationship, and not just be, I got to work, you know, 100 miles an hour for 90 hours a week. Um, we just can't survive that way. And I think you know, some people's eyes are being opened up to a different way 
of living. And I think it's going to be a good thing. What, what is one thing that you've learned about your son and one thing that you learned about your daughter that you did not know, at least to the extent that you know now, having been able to have this opportunity with them? Okay. This is, this is good, man. This is a great question. So my son is nine. Um, this, uh, past year, uh, part of after I sold the gym, I started uh, coaching his basketball team. So in Indiana, big basketball country, I grew up playing basketball. And uh, so basketball is a big deal. And I never coached before. I never had the time to do that. So I, I became his coach. So I, that was a different uh, layer to our relationship. And he got really into basketball. And I know that he, um, you know, you have to kind of straddle that line of being a dad and being a coach. So the lesson I learned or the thing I learned about him is that it's very important for me as an adult to communicate when we are playing and when we are practicing uh, something. So if we're going to go out and shoot some hoops, I can be like, all right, you know, we're just doing playtime. You know, this is fun. Let's just shoot around. What do you want to do? Let's do whatever. If I am trying to do a little bit of practice, like we're working on some drills or we're doing like he's working out with me now and we're doing a couple of strength training sessions a week and it's, it's super cool. But I have to, I have to acknowledge like this is practice. So we are, this is a, a different mindset. So daddy's kind of in coach mode right now. So I, it's just, uh, just being able to distinguish those two zones with him and him to get it. That's been big because otherwise it's confusing for a kid that's nine years old. Like why is dad kind of being intense right now or asking me to be perfect with my form? I don't understand it because we're used to just playing. Like they, they don't pick up on that on their own. So being able to, as a parent go, all right, right now, this is daddy is, is kind of in coach mode. We're doing practice. We're working on getting stronger or we're working on our basketball skills. Uh, but once we're done with this, let's do this for 10 minutes and then we'll do play time. And then we can do whatever we want. We can do free throw contests. We can go throw a Frisbee and run around the yard. So that's, that's been uh, what I've learned uh, with, uh, with Henry so far. Is that, is that making sense? Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Is there like a, like a, like a sign that y'all have, or is it just a, like an audible, like, all right, play time now or practice time now? No, I just kind of lay it out uh, at the beginning. And you know, my, my son is like me. He enjoys having a game plan. He enjoys having kind of like that checklist mentality. So I'll be like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do some, some practice uh, with our drills or whatever. And we're going to do that for X amount of time. So he knows kind of what to expect. And then we can do whatever you want. And I give him some options. So he has freedom to be creative and choose what we do after that. That formula works just really, really well. And it'll be different for every kid. But I think as an adult, especially if you're getting into that coaching realm, you've got to be super clear with your younger kids because otherwise it can get weird and it could it could potentially damage your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You got to safeguard against that for sure. What yep. about, what about now, your daughter? Okay. So little Miss Hannah, who I've got to announce, like she is totally crushing on on bobby bricks here like she 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 followed robert around like a little puppy every second that he was at our house and she would like bring her little books over to him and, and you know she would bring her dolls over and like where's where's wabbit at daddy wabbit. Where's wabbit? um and even when i told her i was coming down here i'm like i'm getting interviewed by robert and she's and she just started laughing and smiling uh, so she's, she's, she's your little buddy for sure. Uh, she has, it's been known that she refers to Robert. I, I scroll through uh, uh, Instagram and uh, you know, there's a picture of him in his posing thong and he's, he's got you know, his abs everywhere. And she's like, who's that cutie pie. And so she, <laughs> she calls him her keto cutie pie. Um, Hey, I've and, had worse nicknames. I like that. Hopefully, that it's kind of it, yeah, it's weird. It's weird that, that my daughter's got her first crush on one of my, 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 keto bros here but that's it's all good <laughs> um at least it's not danny i mean that's the that's that yeah. <laughs> I, you i you know you're just more gentlemanly than than mr vega i guess uh it's uh you know you can that that's okay with me no i'm just kidding <laughs> danny danny's cool too but uh, the cool thing about hannah is we're we've been really working on their nutrition now that i'm home with them like they haven't been in school since spring break and um so i am kind of loving being fully in charge of their nutrition. And I figured out with both kids, like they, the kids will find carbs somewhere. Like they will just find them. Uh, even if it's like whole food carbs, we try to keep, you know, the apples, the, the carrots and things like that around. But 
I've got to be in charge of making sure they're getting healthy fats in and making sure they're getting protein in. Like that's my job as dad nutrition guy, uh, getting a good adequate amount of, of those two things in there. Otherwise they'll sit back and eat processed carbs all day long. Like they'll find them. And I don't know that they're in the couch somewhere. They will just find them. Uh, so, and they, they work my wife over a little bit and they'll give them, give her the sad lip and, and like, we need bagels. And she'll, she'll get them for her. She'll give you, uh, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. And dad's like, burn the bagels. Like I've been, I've been known to throw away things that once they arrive, I'm like, I don't know what happened to that. Um, so, uh, that's something and she, my daughter loves, well, of course she loves keto bricks because she is obsessed with Robert. So anything Robert affiliated, but she loves like the mocha bricks and I'll, I'll chop those up. She'll ask for them. I just posted uh, a uh, image on my Instagram story yesterday. She has four or five dolls and they, she lines them all up on the couch and there's, she's sitting there watching like her morning cartoon and she's eating a bowl of bricks and uh, just totally content with her and her, her keto brick uh, crew <laughs> there. Um, but like whey protein, I, I just find ways to like, Trojan horse this into their their stuff. So she's a fan of like um, steel cut oats. So we'll make oats and I'll I'll put uh, whey protein on top. And she actually loves it in powder form. She doesn't want me to mix it in. Like she will scrape the powder off the top. Uh, so we find some like full fat yogurt and put some chocolate whey protein powder on the top of it. She'll eat the heck out of that. Crystal and it makes that. me feel. I mean, it, it's it's kind of strange, but um, I'm just happy because she'll get she'll knock out. 10 or 12 or 15 grams of protein right there. And for a five-year-old, that's pretty darn good. And I'm like, if I can get like her to eat half her body weight and grams of protein every day, you know, and more whole food protein, we're working on that. Uh, but uh, it's, it's been an interesting journey as a dad and, and being able to kind of level up my kids' nutrition uh, while this whole, uh, you know, connection period's happening. Well, I'm sure whatever they're eating now, even if it is from the couch, it's probably still healthier than what they would get at like a school lunch or something right now. Exactly. And they'll start trading stuff with friends, you know, like, oh, I see you've got something. And, you know, they're dishing out their, the healthy stuff that we stuck in the, the lunchbox and they'll, they'll, they'll go, go find those cars. But yeah, it's, I feel like if you can just invest in your kids and you, the advantage is just time, you know, mm -hmm. like you've got a decade before they even get to high school. Like if you can just instill healthy nutritional habits for a decade and they're eating healthy fats and, and fish oil. And they're like, I, I take, I make them soup, not the double dump stew. Uh, we don't, we don't go there, but I make them soup and then I'll sprinkle in uh, grass fed liver uh, uh, powder. Mm -hmm. So, and they have no idea that's in there. I'm, I'm putting Redmond's real salt, sprinkling that in there, get some good healthy salts and electrolytes. So I'm just finding ways to sneak these things in. And like a decade later, my son's doing, he's nine years old. He's doing two strength training workouts a week an agility session. Uh, he's out there moving and grooving. He's five foot tall, 110 pounds, and he can do a regular pull up and he's doing, you know, real, I'm not having him like max out on deadlifts or anything, but the kid's strong and um, he's getting into it. So I'm like, all right, if we can just kind of drip these habits for, you know, eight years, nine years, 10 years, that's going to level up their life success because they're going to have more confidence. They're going to have health. Uh, they're going to have a huge health advantage. Like I grew up drinking diet Pepsi every day <laughs> and eating mm -hmm. cereal. So uh, if I can have them eating, you know, grass fed beef and, and sneaking some, some liver in their, in their diet and keto bricks and stuff like that, I'm like, these people, these kids are going to have a huge advantage. You know, it's funny because I, I do not have kids. Um, Crystal wants kids. We'll, we'll eventually have kids. but that's You'll not, have them eventually, buddy. Yeah, that's definitely in the pipeline, but not anything that's going to be happening just anytime super soon. Um, but when that time does come, I'm super excited about just parenting. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of the people in the keto space, like Danny, you, and, and just so many others, like Maria Emmerich, like they all have this, like, subset of their brand where they're, they're teaching parenting techniques. And because I mean, parenting, especially as it relates to nutrition with kids, I mean, that's a big topic of debate and question and uncertainty. But I'm super excited for the time that I will eventually have of being able to, to father my kids, parent my kids as it relates to being healthy, you know, having a work ethic, eating the right foods, training, and just, I don't know, that, that excites me. I'm looking forward to that time when it comes. Yeah, man, uh, you're going to be a great dad. And I've got, 
you don't have to answer these now, but I've got two questions that when you do have kids, we'll, we'll revisit this. But the main two questions that I, I will ask you, one, I know you're super Amish about TV. So I was like, are you going to let your kid watch a screen? And then also, uh, if they, if you guys end up uh, breastfeeding, are you going to drink the milk? Because I, I have a feeling that you, you will because all the growth factors in there. Again, you don't have to answer those now, but just know those questions are coming. Uh, so that's going to actually be our next keto brick, the booby brick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, somebody said that at one of the conferences, they're like, you know, we didn't, we couldn't get pregnant. And then all of a sudden, uh, we started eating more fat and a lot of that was coming from the, the bricks. They're like, you ought to just make these for, for pregnant women. They call it the booby brick. I'm like, that's yes. genius. Um, but no, that's not the plan. But, um, I do not plan on drinking the breast milk to answer that question. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, protein will be in dire straits and I'll, I'll need it then, but that's not the plan now. Um, <laughs> and then as far as the TV goes, I actually made a post about this, not as it relates to my future kid, but just me personally. Um, yeah, I read it, man. I, that's why I said, man, you are like churn butter Amish about TV. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like I've got a problem with TV per se. I have a problem with unnecessary escapism. And I yeah. think for most people that, that becomes TV. Um, I think like, you know, on the weekends, I don't think there's any issue with Crystal and I watching a movie or something together, but getting sucked into a TV show that you become addicted to and have to watch every single day and then you binge and then watch an entire season like that, that's where it gets unhealthy. And you start thinking about, and just to kind of embellish on that post a little bit so people have some context, we were watching a, a TV series and I, I've always grown up without a TV uh, so we we're watching like this show on Netflix, and I recognized that after the show was over, like the next day, you know, I'd have things to do, I'd, and I'd be thinking about, oh, I wonder what's going to happen on this next episode. And it's <laughs> like, why in the world am I spending my brain cells right now thinking about this imaginary TV show that has no real impact on my day-to-day -day life or future well-being? And that's when the aha moment clicked, and it's like. This is an utter waste of my time. I'm not going to watch this anymore. So I stopped watching the, the show like mid-series and don't regret it one bit. But as far as like my kids watching screens, you know, I think I don't want to be so limiting that it puts them at a disadvantage from like an innovation standpoint. Because, I mean, when they're in school, when they're, you know, going into business, whatever they wind up doing, like technology, software, application, like that's all going to be their reality so I don't want to limit them to the point where they're at a disadvantage but at the same time I am not going to be the parent that is like at a restaurant trying to have a conversation with my wife and the kids are loud and the first thing I do is I just hand them an iPad and then the kids just zone out in the iPad like that's just not going to be me yeah yeah you can give them Benadryl instead. That's what we do. Just kidding. Just kidding. I was a weird kid growing up, man, because because we didn't have TV. Like I just became super fascinated in the grown-ups. Like I didn't even play with other kids. Like I would sit at the dinner table with people that were fifty years older than me, and I would just listen to them talk. I wouldn't have a clue what they're talking about half the time, but I would just listen. And I feel like that's honestly where I picked up on a lot of my, you know old school mentality mannerisms and whatnot but because of that i can relate so well with people that are much older and wiser than me now and they don't feel like they're talking to some young dumb millennial nothing against millennials i am a millennial i feel like i can say that because i am a millennial but yeah. having that ability to communicate with people across multiple demographics i think is is huge yeah i agree and you know like i'm darn near 40 now and we're hanging out and you're operating at a level that i look up to so that's that's you know that's you know, proof in the pudding right there now, but I feel like we got to back up because there is a hugely important question that is not being asked. And this could be the most important question of this entire show. And that is, you said you watched half of one Netflix docu-series in your entire life. Was it Tiger King? I got to know. No, I, I don't know what Tiger King is. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying, being from Arkansas, you'd probably be like, this feels like home. Uh, that's all I'm saying. For, your audience can just enjoy that moment. Um, <laughs> you, you I mean, you really are the Joe Exotic of the keto world, I feel like, Robert. So The Joe um, Exotic? <laughs> Joe Exotic. You're going to hate me <laughs> for saying that. Um, okay, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So what, was the, what was the series that you watched that you got halfway through? Uh, Dexter. Dexter. Okay, yeah, that's, that's legit. That's, I've never watched it. But, uh, you know, I can 
I, I've heard that people get into it. So no, I mean, I, I like I get crime it. scene it's, shows. Like I like the whole concept of like there's science involved. There's like suspense and all this stuff. I mean, it's got, it checks off all the boxes of what a good show is made from. I just didn't like the fact that I was thinking about a, a imaginary made up TV show when I should have been thinking about something more productive for my actual yeah. life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you're, you're laser focused, man. Like that's something I admire about you is your ability to just to lock in and go, okay, whether it's your bodybuilding prep or the next level of keto bricks or it's hunting, like you're all in, like, let's maximize this deal. And I can totally see how it would be annoying to you to have something that's almost those addictive properties of, of the, the TV that, that draws us in. That's why so many people do binge, uh, you know, they're Netflix and then chilling and they can't stop doing it. So no, I totally get it, man. And honestly, man, like we, we started watching that to begin with because I would just work until it was time to sleep. And then there would be no time for Crystal and I to, to be together. Um, so then we started watching the show as like a time for, you know, like a 30 minute, 40 minute show where her and I could just lay in bed and, you know, connect. But I mean, really how much connecting are you doing if you're just zoned out watching a show? So now what we do is we'll have like this agreed upon, you know, stop work time. And, uh, you know, that'll be us. Like we'll have, um, we'll either read a book together or we'll talk together or what I've been doing lately is I'll get the grill fired up and I'll cook dinner and we'll sit outside cause the weather's been nice and we'll, you know, grill and cook our food and eat together. And that's replaced that 30 minute, 45 minute, you know, TV show. And I, f- I feel like there's a lot more connection that's happening with my wife during that time now. And it's just like, I sleep better. Cause like you watch a blue light right before you go to bed, even with blue light blocking glasses, your sleep's hindered. Like, I feel like I'm adding value to my life and her life instead of just, you know, being completely complacent. Yeah. And man, you just saying that. So if you guys go back and listen to our first episode that, that we did, you know, a couple of years back, at that time, I'm just getting to know Robert and I'm thinking this dude is heading for trouble because at that time you had just launched Keto Brick. You're working a million hours a week. You and Crystal are going in and making bricks by yourself just for like 48 hours straight and yeah. you'd like pass out. And I, was, and I, I remember sending you some, some emails like, listen, bro, I, I've worked myself into the hospital three different times. You're, you're on the, that trajectory right now. So the fact that now two years later, you've got a team, you've got you know this really super connected relationship with your wife. You've got a, a, a connected stop time. You've got a process where you guys, you're being mindful of, of your health, your recovery, uh, taking breaks, things like that. Like that's huge, man. I'm just super proud of you. I appreciate that, man. Like I really do love to work and I, I, I don't ever want to like have to say that I've got a big work ethic because my grandfather told me one day, I'll never forget. He's like, if you ever tell somebody you got a work ethic, you ain't got no work ethic. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that, that hits home. Um, so I don't ever talk about my work. ethic. I want my actions to, you know, speak volumes. But one thing I always struggled with was like, I was, and I still am to an extent, but like a legitimate workaholic. Like I put my value in the work that I do. And I noticed that it was starting to have an adverse effect on the quality of the work I was putting out. Like I was just putting so much emphasis on how much work I was doing. I was doing work for work's sake. And that's that's not a good place to be in. And now I've become much more conscious of like, okay, is it is it grind time? Like do I need to put the pedal to the metal and just go with, you know, as hard as I can? Or do I need to be more creative right now do I need to be more reflective like do I need to wait until the mood strikes me and then take advantage of that when it's here and that's been incredibly beneficial and having a team that that is solid is so good man like I've I've had several employees over the years now over the two years that we've had Gita Brick and <laughs> I've had some really bad employees that were just massive headaches and I learned a lot from but the team we've got now is just rock stars and we still have hiccups and whatnot but knowing that work is getting done and we're moving the needle in the right direction even if i'm not necessarily the one doing the physical labor has been a huge benefit to me like just mentally because i can i can be more creative i can take a a step back from the actual production of things and make more strategic big business moves that's going to impact the long-term trajectory and that's that's huge yeah, I mean, I've I've met your team. 
we got to hang out at the uh, the keto brick mansion out in uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, and those people are all in. They're emotionally invested in the dream that you're, you guys are putting out there together, and you can tell that it's a it's a team concept. I mean, you brought them along, and they're they're involved in everything. You can tell that they trust you, and you trust them, and that's uh, a huge thing. And you know, having that team will allow you to step away, and it'll allow you to operate in what uh, I refer to as your unique ability. So the things that you can uniquely impact, you can put all of your energy in that so that you aren't answering the emails and the, and the phone that someone else can be doing. You're spending all your creativity and your unique ability energy in driving the business forward and creating that next level thing. And I think that's why now that you've got this team around you, I know you've got some things cooking. Just over the last year, you've leveled up in a lot of ways and that you, people are just going to see this brand explode because you are trusting a team and also you're being conscious of your own mental effort. And, you know, we've talked about before, like I'm big, I track how many days of work I take off per year. And if I don't have at least a hundred, I know that I'm screwing up because it's just like working out. You can't squat every, every single day, you're going to get hurt. So you get eventually take some time off to let your muscles recover. And the same thing happens with business and creativity. And when I take a block of free days and I come off of that, it's like, yo, I'm, I'm ready to cook. I'm ready to create some awesome stuff. And, you know, you and Danny and I get together and brainstorm and I come up with all these crazy things. And that's just because I take time to unplug and consciously not burn that, that, uh, that candle at both ends. And that's, uh, that's where that, that spontaneity and that, that creativity really are fueled from. And, I just, I can't wait to see where this brand goes next, man. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I'm your friend, but I'm a huge fan at the same time. I appreciate that, man. There, there's definitely, um, <laughs> I'm working on some things now that I'm super excited about, but I haven't made public yet. And I don't want to make public until they're, they're solid because I don't want to like hype things up and then not deliver. But I'm working on something now that is seriously next level for keto brick and the other companies so like i'm <laughs> it's, it's getting close man like I, i'll be tell us know. tell I us i can't tell i can't uh, tell but it, it'll it's like having you talk about that just gave me goosebumps i got chills right now because it's like it's coming man it's coming dude okay check out there's there's a book called unique ability i think it's called unique ability 2.0 and it's like a book slash workbook now this time in your life, this would be a perfect time to dial in on that. And then you can have your key team members fill it out as well, because what you'll find is your unique ability is going to be different than uh, Brandon's or, or Crystal's, somebody else that's on the team. And then you can start positioning people in the company to operate in line with what they're really uh, vibing on and where they can really add uniqueness. So uh, totally. that's uh, the what, book recommendation. The book? It's called Unique Ability 2.0. Unique Ability 2.0. That I mean that that could not be more true, and it, it goes beyond just you know business, but like any type of team, any type of honestly individual thing too. But like positioning yourself that is in line with your strengths is so crucially important. I was actually talking to Brandon and Crystal about that yesterday because, you know, it's funny. I I have the unique opportunity to be able to look at each employee we have and what they're doing within the company, but then also knowing them pretty good as an individual person because we have such a small team that like I can see how their individual character traits line up with the job skills and tasks, and that has really helped propel us much more efficiently uh, going forward because I've had instances where that was not the case. And I feel like that transcends the business world and it can be applied directly to your personal life, but knowing and being self-aware as to what your strengths and weaknesses are and then really trying to align yourself with a job or a career path or a relationship or whatever that may be that aligns with that is is just crucial, man. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I think we're both, uh, as entrepreneurs, we, we've gone through that. And you definitely can tell when it's not a good fit and yeah. that sucks you know, we, we've traded some more stories about like having to, to let go of employees and it's like you know I, I was in a very similar position that you're in now where i was a mid-20s to i was like 26 27 when i had to fire my first employee and they were like 40 something and i had to give them a lecture about 
being on drugs while they were teaching fitness classes. And I'm like, I went to college, but they didn't teach us how to do this, you yeah. know? And it's just, it's totally weird. Um, but you know, uh, we, we have lessons learned. We take those moving forward and we, we keep getting better regardless. Cause we got our eyes on the prize. Totally, man. Another off topic question here, but have you ever done the, the Enneagram thing? Dude, uh, I am interested in that. I, I have, uh, so, uh, um, Alexa Sherm that spoke at my event that you were, that you yeah. were at. Yeah. That's why I heard about she, it initially. If it's from her. Yes. Yes. She's big into that. So I want to have her on and, uh, dive into that more because I love assessments. I love those introspective things that give us a, a peek inside of why we tick and, and why we do certain things. Like I love that stuff. So I'm, I'm all in, but I have not gone through it yet. Personally. Have you done it? Yeah, Crystal got big into it, and I've always kind of looked at that stuff similar to like I look at fortune cookies and reading your horoscope. <laughs> like I, I don't put a whole lot of weight in it, but she's been just like going down the Enneagram rabbit hole, and she's like super stoked about all the stuff she's finding out. And every time she reads one post about Enneagram, she starts laughing because like this is so me, and she'll just hysterically start laughing. And I'll know she's talking about Enneagram. Um, yeah, but yeah, she's done it, and. I, I did it. I'm I'm a challenger, which I think is number eight, um, which people listening that follow Enneagram, that means a lot more to them than it means to me. But it would be curious to get your your results and see. We get Danny to do it too, the three of us, three musketeers with Enneagram results to see what our trifecta <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, we just have some some Enneagram chat. I, uh, I, I haven't done Enneagram, but I had a psychic on my show. Did I tell you about that? No. And it wasn't Dion Warwick. Okay. For those that are, are fans, um, <laughs> I had a psychic on, I haven't released it yet, but I think it's going to be coming out within the next month. I'll send it to you, man. It was, I was fascinated because she was reading my, my past lives and things like that. And one of my past lives, she said I was a sumo wrestler and that's why I, I have like eating issues because I was eating so much as a, as a sumo wrestler. I'm like, that makes sense a little bit. So um, I love exploring weird things, even if I don't hundred percent buy in, like uh, I'm open to listening. Well, even if you don't buy in just like, like having an open mind and appreciating and respecting others for what they're buying into is so, so valuable. I feel like, like even like I've, I've done event things where I'm there and I'm like, man, I am in the wrong place, but just being observant and letting that experience, you know, show you something new. So, and kind of get out of your normal bubble and burst that bubble and give you some perspective. Like that's incredibly valuable stuff. Even if you don't buy into a bit of it. Yeah. Have you ever done eye gazing? I think that's what it's called. Uh, yeah, I, I did that with crystal. Like where count? you stand one inch away and just stare at each other. I didn't stand one inch away. I was a little bit farther away from her than that, but I did oh. eye gazing <laughs> for like two minutes. Each person that was actually pretty insightful. Yeah. And so I've done that. I've been at events where they do that and it gets kind of weird because especially, you know, I'm six foot three and they pair me up with somebody that's like five foot two and I'm, it's like a, a squat and hold exercise and we're, <laughs> we're, you know, half an inch away and you know me, like I laugh a lot and I act dumb and I just, I start cracking myself up. So I'm in this room of like a thousand people and I'm dying laughing and it's loud and I can't stop. And it, uh, it, I made it weird and I probably ruined the moment for everybody when I was eye gazing. My bad. That, uh, actually wait, eye gazing is when, when both people are totally silent, right? Yeah. No talking. All you do is just lock eyes and you, you're not even supposed to blink. I don't think. And that's why it got weird. Cause I started, I get in my head. I'm like, don't blink, don't blink. Don't, you know, breathe on them weird. Like, and then I just started laughing about it and my legs started burning. I started cramping up and I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and so I'm in the corner dying, laughing. And then I just ran out and everybody saw me. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Marcus Aurelius Anderson. You had oh yeah. Podcast. Yeah. So we went to his event and, uh, during this, this was quite a while back. I don't I forget what month it was in. It was sometime last year, I think. Uh, but Chris and I had been fighting a bunch during that time for whatever reason, who knows. Um, but he had this practice where, uh, everybody that went to the event, it's a pretty small event, which was cool because it was much more intimate and everybody connected, but there was a, a partner in the event where Crystal and I sat opposite each other and we, it was like a connection exercise where I just looked into her eyes, she looked into my eyes and she talked freely for two minutes and I could not respond 
at all. And then it swapped, and then she looked directly into my eyes, I looked into hers, and then I got to speak freely for two minutes without her saying anything. And that seems super, super simple, but for whatever reason, that had a profound impact on both of us that entire weekend, and she still talks about that because it's like when when most people talk and they have a conversation and really they're just waiting for their turn to speak. Like it's not ever deep. It's only surface level. But when you go into it and you stare directly in the eye and you're like conscious of the fact that you need to stare directly in the eye, but you cannot speak, you can just listen for two minutes straight like you actually listen. And that is, that's powerful, man. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Um, what, what do you guys fight about? Like, what, what was the, what's an argument that you guys tend to, to get into it about? Like my, my wife and I, and it's not like a fight, but we'll get on each other. Like I'm very particular about like how like the dishwasher is loaded and I'll, <laughs> I'll go in and I'll switch things around and it, it kind of irritates her. So like, that's, that's what we argue about. You guys have anything like that? I mean, yeah, it's all stupid little stuff. Like when we, before we got married, we fought about a lot of, uh, you know, deeper stuff. Like, like she is very simple and sweet at heart. Like she never planned on owning all these multiple businesses. Like she just wanted to have a little bit of land with a house where she could raise her kids and have some pigs. Like that's all she wanted. Um, And like I am wanting to like take over the world, you know, (laughs) so... (laughs) (laughs) kind of conflicting there um and we would fight you know because it was just very different aspirations but we we recognized that knew it going into the relationship and we felt like it helped helped each other like she calmed me down and gave me peace and i gave her more confidence and ambition and it really worked well but it didn't come with you know just a there was no play-by-play book on how to go about this i mean there was definitely some hard times um so before we got married it was constantly a fight of like is this going to work you know maybe you should just find someone that's more in line with your long-term goals etc etc but once we actually got married we we never threatened to leave each other we never like use that maybe you should go find someone else it's like this get out of jail free car like once we committed to each other it was like okay this is it we're gonna make it work so now our fights are like super stupid stuff that we know is just not gonna last more than a couple hours um like like yesterday we fought um because i had to go to the dmv to register the sailboat that my dad sold us and the the line at the damn dmv because this virus was literally out the door and around the back and i'm just like i've got a podcast i got emails to do i need to be working right now and i'm sitting in the damn line for an hour and a half (laughs) and she's waiting on me and she's got business stuff to work on so i'm like just go and i'll walk home and i mean it wasn't just an easy walk so it's pretty good ways away i was just pissed off and you know she's like no i'll wait on you i'll be all sweet and everything but i could tell at the end of the day she was like frustrated that she lost that time too so i'm slamming doors and getting all mad and irritated and she's trying to be all stoic like i should have been but that's the kind of stuff we fight about now that's a very long-winded answer but yeah yeah that's that's typical married stuff and it's just good that you guys are communicating and and showing emotion i think that you know that's that's not a bad thing if you're walking around like zombies then then there's trouble but i i've gotten a chance to to hang out with both of you uh like out in uh in omaha when we're out there for that event I, I see you guys really compliment each other nicely. Like, like it's, there's a very nice balance and she does definitely have a, a calming effect on uh, Bobby Bricks. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's, she's awesome, man. Like we definitely do find like, we're not, a, you know, there is no perfect couple that that's flawless. Like we are humans like everybody else, but I, I love her with all my heart and she is the right one for me and I, her and I feel like people say that about us a lot. Like they'll see us interact in person and they just tell that it's real because it is real. Like I don't know how to lie. I don't know how to fake my emotions. And I mean, I love her with all my heart, man. No, does this is probably the second most important question I've asked during this interview. Is she into the cowboy necktie thing? The, the, the bolo? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, I mean, she grew up in California and Washington, but she always wanted to marry a cowboy. So <laughs> when I came up there to Washington and had that Southern accent, it was game over. <laughs> Dude, the next time I see you, I'm going to have one of those. Like if we go hunt in October, I'm going to have a bolo on and like, I, I think it's going to bring me luck. You think so? I think so. I'll, I'll, I'll make it out of like a turkey foot or something like that. A, tur- a turkey foot. <laughs> I don't know if you could pull off the cowboy look, man. I'd be curious to see that. 
Well, I can do anything ridiculous. You've seen my Instagram. I dress up all the time. I got disco suits. I got like the run DMC outfit. I got the short shorts. I got the jorts. I've got, you know, the Rod Stewart. Now I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. I have no doubt that you can wear it. I'm just saying, I'm just curious <laughs> if you can roll with it. <laughs> I mean, you, you pair it up with a pair of jorts. You never know. That's, you, that's you the magic know. combo right there, man. That's, uh, we might have to take a picture and that can be the, uh, the image for this episode. I love it. I love it. It's funny because like when Danny was here and went hunting with me, I had him all decked out in camo gear and like boots and cowboy hat and stuff. And like he was wearing the clothes, but they did not look normal on him by any means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At any moment you expect him to be going, this is Sparta and, and like chucking a spear at a squirrel or something. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Well, shoot, man, we've been talking for an hour and we've been rambling most of it, but I feel like we've had some pretty good insightful deep thought provoking discussions here. Yeah, I, I concur doctor. And uh, I think that anytime we get a chance to get together, uh, I'll jump at it because like I said, you're somebody that I look up to. I really enjoy combining our energy and uh, putting something awesome out there into the podcast space together. Well, I am excited to keep in touch with you, man. Like you, you make me a better person as well. And I feel like, I don't know, we, we definitely connect more and more each time we, we interact face to face. So I'm excited for our next hunting endeavor or conference or whatever that may be oh yeah we'll get you up here in october it's uh i'm gonna send you the dates for shotgun season up here in indiana all right man you let me know and i'm there it's on see you brother